I couldn't believe my ears yesterday. I was sitting on the couch. I was doing work. I was obviously probably reading some pin side, probably chatting with some of you guys on Facebook. And all of a sudden, I hear Brenda go into the bedroom, turn on Rick and Morty, and start playing. And, and it was like this, this moment that has never happened ever in this apartment, whether it was a pinball machine or arcade games. My beautiful wife has never felt the urge to just go into the room and play a pinball machine. And so it was music to my ears to hear Brenda playing the game. And then today she said, I want to play some Rick and Morty. And we jumped on the game and she got all the way to the end sequence of Pickle Rick, which is a three-part mode, which I'm like, how is my wife? who really never shows much interest in playing pinball. How is she advancing through this game where a lot of people are saying it's brutal, it's too hard, it's too difficult, and and she's just enjoying it. And so I am really excited to report to you that my wife just kicked my ass at Rick and Morty Pinball. And this game, after having it for a couple days, I'm a different kind of podcaster. And I want to tell you some sort of transformation I've gone through. And and I mean this. And and I know you listen to every episode. And don't worry, I'm not going to come here and say, like, Spooky Pinball is the greatest pinball on the planet. No, that's not what this is about. I want to explain to you the transformation I've gone through over the last 48 hours since owning Rick and Morty Pinball. When I first got this game, it it was brand new, it was shiny, it was gorgeous, and the first thing that popped into my head was, well, how do I keep this brand new shiny pinball machine looking brand new and shiny? And I think for a lot of you out there, for a lot of you OCD guys, and a lot of you collectors especially, there's like this desire to put a pinball machine in your home and then to fully bulletproof it to the point where you're not even able to just play it without worrying about wear and tear and whatnot. And I've been one of those people, and I've been one of those people that before a game even gets turned on, I put a playfield protector onto Batman. You want to put something in the shooter lane. You want to put some this or that or Mylar or Cliffy's. And so what happened to me with Rick and Morty was this. When I first got the game, I was having issues with the scoop and the scoop uh, was rejecting the ball. So then I lowered the game using three washers on the front, two washers on the side, and it lowered the mechanism deeper into the scoop hole. But then all of a sudden, Charlie got back to me and said, well, that was a, a conscious decision to raise it up to protect the play field and to keep the play field from wearing. And then all of a sudden, I felt like I was in this this crossroads, this dilemma of like, what do I do? Do I make it so the game is more fun to play with less rejects or do I or, or, and then sacrifice the play field or do I p- protect the play field w- at the cost of more rejects, which will eat away at the enjoyment of the game? So that was like a lot of my like yesterday was like, well, which do I do? Do I do this? Do I do that? And I'm happy to tell you after reading Pinside, after sharing a lot of this on Facebook and talking to a lot of people and some people were like, bend the hood down, bend the hood up, put some duct tape at the back of it, use one washer, use two washers. My head began to spin and I reached a point where I was just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend an hour and I'm going to figure out what's the best way 
to both protect the play field and also have less rejects from the scoop. And so what I've landed on, which works perfectly now for my game, I'm hardly getting any rejects, and the lip of the scoop is sitting a little bit above the wood, so it will protect the wood, is simply putting one washer on the mechanism, which lowers it just a little bit. And that just a little bit of lowering the mech, I think is perfect for my game. Now, if you get your game and there's no rejects and you're having a good time with it, leave it alone. Don't even worry about it. Don't even bother with it, okay? So just, just play the game and enjoy it. And so I finally get the scoop working, right? And I'm like, great. You know, then I'm looking over the game and people are saying, well, you should do this. You should do that. You should put Mylar down. You should wait for Cliffy to make something for the game. You should put something where the ball gets dropped from the left rail. You should put something here, something there. And I just reached a point, and I mean this. I, I really mean this. I reached a point yesterday where I looked at this game and I looked at Rick and Morty climbing out of the dimension hole and I looked at the beautiful artwork and I looked at what this thing is. It's a damn pinball machine. And I said to myself, you know what? Screw all of this. Just play the effing game. Just enjoy the effing game. Just turn it on, flip it, and play it. If you wax it and you take care of it, it's gonna last a very, very long time. It's, you're gonna be able to play it for years and if any little wear happens here and there, is any of that really going to detract from your enjoyment of this game? Because if you don't, Chris, I was talking to myself in the third person, if you don't let go of some of this OCD behavior, you're gonna be a slave to maintaining the perfection of the game, which will eliminate your ability to just play and enjoy the game. Now, I know for some of you out there, you're just OCD, like you can't deal with anything that's not perfect. And any little thing that happens will eat away. Like if you get a little chip, you're gonna stare at that little chip forever until it's fixed. And I get that, like I used to be that way about a lot of stuff. When I was collecting toys, I was that way. When I was collecting arcade games, that had to be a perfectly restored game. But you know, I just literally looked at it and I said, I, I was looking at the shooter lane and I had this moment where I'm staring at the shooter lane and I, and I kept thinking to myself, why do people say, share pics of the shooter lane? And I, and I guess back in the day, and, and a shooter lane is a good indication of how many actual plays are on a game, but it's like this little two-inch, three-inch section of wood where the ball just kicks out and you fire it over that area of wood. For some reason, we've attributed a lot of value to that three-inch slab of wood. And, and for collectors and OCD people, it's like preserving that wood so that it's perfect. So what? So like one day down the road, you're gonna yank off the mylar or the protector or, or what? what's the point? Like I just, I, I've lost, I, we've lost the narrative a little bit with trying to keep these games so picture perfect. And I want to explain an, another thing too, is like between the dimples and the craters and the this and that, I think we've gone through a, a period in pinball in which we've lost a little bit of the focus. And, and I've been a culprit in that and I fully admit that. I mean, I think that for the amount of money we spend on these games, there is a certain quality level that should be in these games. Now, we have definitely, 
we have definitely received play fields from manufacturers with known defects, like inserts lifting up with uh, the posts that are like sinking into the clear coat, with cracking of the clear coat, with artwork chipping off. And we've covered those issues on this podcast, and we got places like Jersey Jack Pinball to listen to these defects and, and what's happening and to give people replacement play fields. But as I look at Rick and Morty, and I went over to Jack Bar today, I actually went over there because that game has a thousand plus plays on it. And I went over there and I looked at a few things. I looked at the shooter lane and there's nowhere whatsoever. I looked at the scoop hole and there's absolutely no clear coat chipping or much wear at all, if any. And then I, I did a little thing. I, I like angled my head. You know, you know how to do this, right? You angle your head down and you try to look to see if there's dimples. And of course, like there are dimples on the game. But when you stand over the game and you look down at Rick and Morty, you can't see any of them. It's not cratering like I've seen on some Stern games. And there is a difference. There is a difference between a slight sort of dimple or indent into the clear coat and, and just like the entire play field looking like the crater of the moon, all right? And, and, and Rick and Morty and Stranger Things are right next to each other at Jack Bar, and the Rick and Morty just looks much nicer when you stand over it. I just think it's a better clear coat process. Now, for those of you out there who are OCD and you might be thinking you want to get the Cruiseman play field for Rick and Morty, I, go go for it. I know that his process is even better than the one Charlie does, and you're going to pay for that premium process. And I, I hear that you know his games do dimple much less, but is it worth it, right? And I keep asking myself this over the last couple of days: like, is it worth it to pay another guy like seven hundred bucks or a thousand dollars? to do that for the game is it so here's the thing and and again I know this isn't always the way I talk on this podcast but is that going to make the game any more fun is it going to make the game any more enjoyable the way this game is right now is just a load of fun and I hope you can I hope you can hear my enthusiasm and I, I'm just so happy to play the game, to play the game with Brenda. And I talked to her about it. I'm like, why are you liking this game so much? And I asked her, like, how do you compare this game to Batman? And she's like, I like this game so much more. And it's funny to me because I thought that Rick and Morty would be more brutal, have tougher shots than Batman, and she wouldn't be able to get into it. And she's like, no, the game's really easy. I, I know what to do, and it's it makes total sense. Like, I, I hit the ramp, and then I hit the scoop to start an adventure. And then when I'm in the adventure, like, it's so clear what to shoot at. Like, she's like, she's like, the only mode I really liked in Batman was the penguin because it was really clear to hit the crane when the crane swung out. But this game is so much more enjoyable and she has so much more fun playing it. And I sort of agree. I think that Rick and Morty, where it wins, and I've said this, where this game wins, it's just so much freaking fun and it has so much personality. Sure, it's got quirkiness to it. Sure, it's got some shots that are really difficult. But there's something about this game that's going to make you want to keep hitting start over and over again. And I didn't think I'd like it this much. I didn't think I would enjoy it this much. And I'm not just justifying it because I own it. And I'm not here to sell you one because you can't even buy one. They're all sold out. I'm just saying that I rolled the dice with this game. I didn't think I would like it as much as I do. I didn't think Brenda would get into it, and I just didn't think I would click with this game. 
But what I really love about this game, and you're going to see when you get it, and you're going to see when you play it, it's just the way the game comes at you. It's the way the game just sort of immerses you in the Rick and Morty world. And, and again, just the way you can play it is not complex. It's not like you're doing math. It all makes total sense. And you can explain to someone how to play this game so easily and so quickly. Yeah, there are some deeper rule sets when you get into like multipliers and megacies and stuff like that. But for the most part, it is really, really easy to understand how to play this game. And I think that's an art form when it comes to making modern pinball is how do you make a game that doesn't require like an entirely huge Bible or book to understand the complexities of the way the game works. And I think Rick and Morty does that so successfully. Are there things I wish there were in the game? Do I wish there were more mechanisms? Do I wish this and that? Yeah, I mean, there's moments in this game where I, I wish there were other ways to get to the damn garage. I won't lie. I wish I could somehow get to the garage from the lower right flipper. It's like it's like right there. Like we're so used to being able to shoot to the upper left from the lower right flipper, but you can't. The only way to get to the garage is with the left flipper hitting the far right orbit and then off of the upper right flipper, which is the most difficult shot and hitting it off the tip of that flipper to go through the orbit into the garage itself. But you know, look, I'm still learning this game. I'm still learning what this game is about. I've got my scoop fixed. I'm going, am I going, you know, I'm just done OCDing with pinball. I'm really just done being this OCD guy. I'm just going to play the game. I'm going to freaking enjoy it. I'm, I'm happy just playing the game. I'm, I don't think this game even needs any real mods. The only real mod I did in this game was I changed the fan from the power supply in the game. Pinball Monk makes a mod. I think it's like 20 bucks. And it takes the loud, noisy fan that is in this game and it replaces it with a much quieter fan. But I will tell you this. If you're thinking of doing this mod and the power supply fan drives you nuts, it is not, it, I repeat, it is not an easy thing to do. To get the power supply out of a spooky game, it's jammed all the way in the back of the cabinet and you have to unhook the connectors. Now, if you do want to do this mod, keep a few things in mind. It may void your warranty, which it probably does, but when you disconnect the power supply, make sure you don't have to disconnect all those red and black wires from the power supply itself. Just disconnect the wire connector that's at the end of those wires. But you will have to, and this is the annoying part, you will have to disconnect the wires that go directly into the back of the power supply that's facing the back of the cabinet and there's really only like an inch or half an inch between that and the cabinet. So you're going to have to take off the L bracket. You're going to have to shimmy it out between wires. It was a pain in the ass. It was a pain in the ass. I ended up like pulling out the ground wire connector from the, the fork that it, it, it was using. And, and so I was like, oh my God, like why did I even start doing this? I should have just lived with the louder fan. But we got it in, we got the new fan in, and it is really, really quiet. So if you don't mind doing that work, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is not a just a simple like plug and play thing. Like you've got to, you've got to like use a lot of different screwdrivers on the power supply. It's not just one screwdriver; it's two screwdrivers, and then one of them is like smaller than the other. 
annoying, annoying, annoying uh, way to sort of make your game quiet. But I will say this, Pinball Monk's instruction manual, unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen an instruction manual on how to change a part of a pinball machine or a mod that has been that detailed. So thank you so much, uh, Pinball Monk, for doing that. You know, people ask me, like, how is the topper annoying? Is the topper loud? And yes, the topper in Rick and Morty is very noisy. Sometimes I'm like, what is that? And it's the topper going. It's the dimension spinning. But here's the good news about the topper. It's freaking free. It didn't cost anything, and it's motorized, and it moves, and it lights up. I think someone can easily, and someone should do this. Because Spooky gave us this much of the topper, if I if I were to like look at this game and say, what's one mod that the mod community should be doing? And I mean this. I mean, the mod community has been just tacking stuff onto this game that's not really necessary. I don't think this game needs anything. I don't think the figures or the flipper bats or all this stuff do anything to Rick and Morty. I think the best mods in pinball look at a game and enhance something versus just dropping in a bunch of stuff randomly all over the game. The greatest mod that someone can make for Rick and Morty pinball is to design a topper housing that can sort of sit on top of or frame the existing topper that Spooky gave us and and, and create like, like a three-dimensional shadow box that goes over their topper that would also quiet down the motor noise because it's just exposed. And it also is the only ugly part of the game is that when you look at the game from the side, you can see that big motor sticking out with all the wires. It's like probably the ugliest topper to ever look at from the side. It's not bad from the front, but again, it was free. But that is the one mod that someone in the mod community needs to do is just make something to house the topper that is currently sitting on the machine. It's all right there. All you got to do is like make it like a shadow box thing to go over it. So I'm challenging you mod community to do this. I can't get over this butter cabinet. I keep looking at it. You got to go butter people. I would, I would, you know, what's if you had to decide between butter and a cruiseman playfield, I, I still would go butter because here's the here's the thing at the at the end of the day, you could always go get a cruiseman playfield at any time and swap it in. But if you don't go butter, you, you can't do it. You you you're really gonna want the butter. And I, I saw John's game at Jack Bar, and it's nice. It's nice. It's just no butter. I feel like Charlie should give me a commission on every new butter cabinet order they get moving forward that says Canada. Like, if you mention Canada's name with butter cabinet, you get 10% off. Wouldn't that be great? No, he's not going to do that. I'm not chilling for this company. I'm not chilling for this company. I just think Scott Denisi and Spooky have a really fun game. I think people who are in on this game are going to have a lot of fun. Another thing I did today, which, you know, I said I wasn't going to do this. I said I wasn't going to do this. I said I wasn't going to hype another game. I said I was just going to let it come out. And But I did. I had my phone on me, and I met up with someone, and I said, Hey, man, look, you can't say anything. You can't share it with anyone. But do you want to see Guns N' Roses pinball? And I showed it to this pinhead, who you will never know who it is, who will remain anonymous. And he said to me, the community is going to effing flip out when they see this game. Now, that's him hyping it, not me. So you can't blame Canada 
for saying that Guns N' Roses is going to be the the big hit that everyone's been waiting for. It was somebody else. It, he was just speechless when he saw the art and and the, what's in the game. And he's just like, it's going to be effing flipping people's minds when they do it. And I'm going to order two of them is what he said. So there you go. Guns N' Roses. Now, where is where is like where's the follow up to Ken's teaser about innovation? I mean, I, I see some of you guys continuing to make fun of the fact that they haven't followed up with that teaser video. And I do agree. It's a little weird to drop it out there and then go silent. But who cares? Who cares? I'm telling you right now, this game is going to be worth it. You're going to want a Guns N' Roses. Like if you don't want a Guns N' Roses, it's like then you don't want awesome pinball. And I think Guns N' Roses is going to be the game of the year. I know Rick and Morty's got all this hype. Rick and Morty's a really fun game. And Rick and Morty is awesome. And Rick and Morty might win game of the year. But Guns N' Roses, I don't know, man. Eric is going to drop something in the pinball world that people are also going to love. What what, What I will say is this. It makes me really happy to see the young guns creating the kinds of pinball experiences that are making people super excited and super happy. You got Keith Elwin. I mean, he's not as young as uh, Eric, but they're all new blood in pinball. Keith Elwin, Eric, and Scott Denisi. Those three, those three, I think are bringing the most exciting pinball out into the world. They're, they're trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying new things. They're not going back to the old ways. And, and I think there's no greater example than that than like Stranger Things. It's like Brian Eddy, another fan layout, another, another, another. It's the same formula over and over again. You know, John Borg, like I won't say, like I think Ninja Turtles is a great game. I think he did a good job in blending a lot of the things that have worked really well in his other games that people love. But, you know, it's still like there's only so many different John Borg uh, designs and, and even if you can mash them up in different ways, it's just you kind of could see, you know, this is what John Borg does. And I think what's exciting with these new guys is you can't really anticipate what's going to come from them. And that's, that's why there's so much excitement when we get new blood in pinball. And look, I think there's totally room for new blood and old blood. But man, if you look at who's really pushing, pushing pinball in new directions and who's really winning over the community. I mean, if you think about the designers that have the biggest fanfares, it is Keith Elwin, it is Eric, and it is Scott Denisi. To the point where, and I'm going to be totally honest, to the point where these designers are also getting like a pass. Like it's almost like you can never say anything bad about them. And I want to say this. I do want to say this because I do want this show to be a little bit balanced. I think one of the issues when you look at these designers and you fall in love with them and everything they do is golden, I do think it's detrimental to them learning as designers when we don't give them feedback because if we don't really share enough feedback at times when it's when it's necessary, then they might repeat similar mistakes over and over. And the example of that is the scoop in Rick and Morty because I heard from all these TNA people that the scoop was very problematic, that the scoop in TNA is the same that's in Rick and Morty, that it would reject half of the time. And I'm like, where was the outcry of this scoop when TNA came out? I didn't see it. And so I think this is what happens is because people love Scott so much, they're reluctant to give him some of that feedback. And so I think moving forward, you know, guys like Scott, like if you hear that this thing's not working that well, 
you need to figure out a solve so that people like Canada don't have to put washers under his game. And I do agree with people. You should not have to bend stuff. You should not have to put washers. These are things that should have been caught uh, at the design level of the game. And, and I think they sort of came up with a compromise. But man, I don't think people want to compromise between play field wear and gameplay, right? You, you figure out a way to give us both. Figure out a way to make the... And here's the thing that always kills me. Wouldn't the easiest way to do it is design that scoop so that it doesn't reject the ball and then give Cliffy a play field to make a play field protector and simply ship the game with with the Cliffy installed on the scoop. What, I, I still don't understand why people need to wait for Cliffy after the game is released to get these products. Why aren't manufacturers working with Cliffy from the very beginning? I mean, you're working with back alley creations. You're working with mod people to make stuff for the games. For a lot of people out there, the Cliffies are a really important mod that they wish they could just have in their game on day one. You know, that was the other thing going through my mind, getting Rick and Morty number 50. I mean, I'm number 50. I think they might be at almost 100. Some of you guys out there have months and months and months to go. And so for you guys, you're at a, the, the advantage of, well, by then Cliffy will have protectors. And who knows, Chuck might start installing those into the future games. And who knows, like, what else will be designed for the game by the time you get yours? You're going to have people who get their games with Cruiseman Playfield, so you'll be able to compare whether or not it's worth it to do that. When my game number 50, I think this game was already built by the time they announced the Cruiseman Playfield thing. Now, would I have added that to my game? I'll tell you this. If I had added the Cruiseman on top of this, you're over $10,000 for a Rick and Morty game. And, and let me, I got to say, it, like, there just comes a point where it, it, you're, you're not getting that much more enjoyment. You're not getting any more enjoyment. It's the same game. A guy that just gets a base level Rick and Morty is having the same exact fun when he's playing the game as someone who has a butter cabinet and all this other stuff going on. Because remember, like, Rick and Morty is just one game. There's no pro version. There's no premium. There's no, there's no like stupid topper for 600 bucks to unlock a mode. You know, the more I was thinking about that, the equivalent of Jurassic Park with that stupid goat mode costing like a few hundred dollars on top of the cost of the topper, that would be like Rick and Morty. Imagine if they did this. Imagine how easy it would have been for Spooky to be like, well, you can buy this Rick and Morty topper with a dimension on it. And if you buy it, it comes with an exclusive dimension that you can only visit if you bought the topper. They easily could have pulled a fast one like that and tried to get all 750 people to buy an additional thing with DLC connected to it, and they didn't. And, I, and I'm just going to say it. Like, I know... I know who's out there advocating that you, you, you should just buy this topper and, and it doesn't matter and it's all subjective. And I just disagree. And I disagree. And, and you know me, I, I, I have been very strident in saying if you support moves like this Jurassic Park topper, you are a moron. If you buy Elvira Signature Edition, you are a moron. And I know that someone out there has a big problem with me calling people morons, but you are. And if you do that and you support this stuff, I don't care if, if, if it's only 600 bucks to you. It's just sending a message to Stern Pinball. And it's only Stern Pinball doing this. Remember that. It is only Stern Pinball. 
the number one pinball company in the world, the pinball company making the most money in the world, they're the only ones doing this. They are the only ones finding new ways to rip off customers. And I think it's just getting to the point where I'm just getting tired. I'm getting tired of the counterpoint, the counter argument, the other pinball media personality is a distributor for Stern. And I just don't think ethically, you want to talk ethically, I don't think you can be a media outlet. I don't think you can be a pinball media person who is talking to people and trying to give them some sort of objective feedback on something happening. I, I get it. It's all the subjective category. But how can you really, how can you really go on the airwaves and, 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 and give your opinion about something that you're also selling? Because you're never going to give a negative opinion about the thing you're selling. And then the only negative opinion you ever give is towards the companies and products you don't sell. And to me, it not it old at this point? Like I've ragged on Spooky Pinball so many times. And here I am with a Spooky Pinball machine in my apartment. I've ragged on Jersey Jack Pinball so many times. They've made so many stupid mistakes at JJP. So many dumb decisions in so many of their games, which is why so many of you don't own Jersey Jack games. And you know who you are. It's much larger than the Jersey Jack fan page that had to ban me because I was just raising some of the issues with the game. Now, those guys are suckers because now they're going to miss out on all the Guns N' Roses stuff. But, he, but you know what I'm saying? It's like you listen to this show because I'm not biased. I am not biased. If, if I have told you everything you can expect with Rick and Morty. I haven't, I haven't held back. I told you it dimpled. I was wrong. The game dimples, but it still looks great to play field the way it is. It looks like glass. It does. The game has some frustrating shots. The game can be brutally hard, but watching Brenda run through the game like this today, I was like, well, it's not that hard. My wife who doesn't play much pinball just got through the three stages of pickle Rick. Like if you can do that, you can accomplish anything in the game. And that's what has her excited. But, you know, I know there's been a lot of the other back and forth with the topper. And it's just the principle. It's the principle of where we are in, in, in pinball. And yes, we all agree on, on, on most of this stuff. We all agree that we should just enjoy these games. We all agree that all of pinball is subjective. You know, some guy out there might love his Elvira signature edition. But I can't, I can't, with, with good conscience, watch Stern Pinball charge $15,000 for that POS game. It's a POS, it's, it's the same game for $8,000. $7,000 more for nothing. And yet, like, if you're a distributor for Stern, you're hyping it. You're going on the airwaves and saying how great, how happy the buyer is. It's stupid. And stupid people are ruining it for everybody else because they're showing Stern that, it, that they can get away with it. And then let's do it to the next game. Let's do it with Ninja Turtles. You know, and that's just where I'm at. That's where I'm at. It's, 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 I, I, I have, I will never apologize for calling someone stupid who supports Stern's stupid moves, right? Two wrongs don't make a right. They don't. And I'm staring at a free topper. I'm staring at a beautiful game. And I'm just glad we have options. And I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, it is one hell of a time to be in pinball. 
It is one hell of a time to see this tiny company from Benton, Wisconsin, go from making one of the ugliest games of all time in America's Most Haunted to to see them learn and climb to a game like Rick and Morty. You know, this game was right next to Stranger Things at Jack Bar, and I'm like, man, it's at the point now where, like, Spooky and Stern... They're, 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 they're neck and neck. They're neck and neck with what's in these games. Jersey Jack's on another level. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Jersey Jack's on another level. Their, their games are, are more premium than both Stern and Spooky. Everybody knows that. It's exciting to see what's going to come from CGC. Guns N' Roses is going to blow you guys away. I just know that. It's going to rock so goddamn hard. You guys are going to love it. I know it. I know it. I know it. If, look, I will. If, if you see Guns N' Roses and you're disappointed in it, uh, let's see what I'll do. I will, hmm, what should I do? What should I do? Well, we'll figure something out. I, I, I always never want to say these things because then, uh, you know, I think, I, I don't know. I said Alien was coming back. Here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part. Alien is coming back. It really is. I know you think I'm lying, but Alien is coming back. The Pinball Brothers are not done. They went to Chicago Gaming Company and tried to get Chicago Gaming Company to make the game. Chicago Gaming Company said no, but it's happening. Trust me. Go ask the people at Chicago Gaming Company if that happened, and they'll confirm it. Hot Wheels is going to be streamed this weekend by Jack Danger, so we finally get to see what's going on over at American Pinball. But American Pinball's got three lines, so I don't know. Are they going to make some of these contract-manufactured games, some of the homebrew stuff we've been seeing at the shows? We've got a lot of stuff coming out. Deep Root, Robert Mueller, Raza Robert, Raza Robert. I should Raza Robert. You know, I should just give him that nickname. That's coming. You think Robert spent five years and nothing's going to get on the launch pad? Absolutely not. So it's an exciting time. I'm glad I've got this machine, but I'm also glad of what's what's down the road. I will definitely own a Guns N' Roses, definitely. And Rick and Morty is a lot of fun. I mean, it, this could be the one-two punch of my year. It could be Rick and Morty and GNR. Uh, but man, I really want to see what else comes out. Anyway, guys, thank you for following my journey to getting a pinball machine. It, I am now a valid pinball podcaster. Uh, nobody can insult me now for not owning a pinball machine. I look forward to getting to know this game. I do want to thank all the people at Spooky Pinball who have been so nice and so helpful. I had a little thing where there's like a little blemish on my monitor, which was just a little bit of the plastic was touching the monitor. Spooky Pinball made me. They made me a video on how to correct that. They didn't have the video already. They, the guys in the shop made a quick video and, and Morgan sent it to me. See, that is why you have to kind of love Spooky Pinball. I, I think that this is, this is what people want. They, want. they want to feel like the company they buy from makes them feel good. And it's always been my thing with Stern. They just, is Stern making you feel good? Is Stern like with the stuff they're doing lately? Like really, does it make you feel good? No. You know what makes you feel good? Canada's Pinball Podcast and some Lady Gaga. Let's get out of here. I'm-